You're listening to a fresh new podcast on healing, spiritual development, nutrition, energy work, and sometimes aliens. From the owner of the celebrity acclaimed Raw Republic Juice Bar and Wellness Center in New Orleans, Louisiana, Sheena Manina. Yes, that's her real name. This is Raw Talk with Sheena. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another episode this week. I am so excited to have another special guest who I am so fortunate came to me. So we're in New Orleans at the space again, and I have Alejandro Lazaro. Did I say that semi-correctly? Yes. Um, He's as beautiful as his name, and um, I'm so lucky that he, he actually came with one of our other guests, Rashia, to do some workshops here in Louisiana. And so I was so fortunate to be able to do a meditative Kundalini crystal workshop with both Alejandro and Rashia at Romney Studios in New Orleans. And so I'm touching base with Alejandro because he's so well-respected in his field in a way that is, is just subtle and beautiful and uh, you have an understanding when you when you interact with you that you know what's going on like you're so in touch with the world and with the universe in a way that's not aggressive it's subtle and it's it's a part of the flow it's something that doesn't have to be forced and i feel like that's how you live your life even though i don't know anything about you is, does, does that sound accurate? I mean, I'm smiling so big right now. <laughs> I feel so humbled by all these kind words. Oh. I think it's it's such a journey. And, um, you know, before we began, we were speaking a little bit about the idea of wellness being infinite and we can only keep getting more well. Mm-hmm. And my practice has been this humbling returning to myself. And so a few years back, I did this really intensive day of yoga where you show up and have a partner and do like eight hours of yoga where you stare at somebody in the eyes. It's called white tantric. You can find it all over the world. Wow. And I remember feeling um, these incredible insights and the name of the my my company, Unto Self, mm-hmm. came to me. It was this idea where we're constantly returning to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, my journey is even when something is conflicting or, or feeling um, not right, mm-hmm. it's a moment for me to ask questions and step deeper. Yes. And all these methods that I've studied for so long and um, practices that I've tried to implement, we can get a bit lost in the perfectionism of it or believing that we need to give ourselves away. Mm-hmm. But all of the disappointments were really just these incredible um, paths back to myself yes so something that you mentioned in the workshop was you have a normal job in New York City so how you know we talk about this a lot and I and I love that you you have what you call a normal job because this light and this information and this consciousness needs to be everywhere so when, when I speak about you know, what I do, when you speak about what you do, we're never encouraging someone to leave their corporate environment, which is, is most likely serving them in so many ways. Rather, we're encouraging them to bring the light to those spaces. And so um, I want you to talk a little bit about that, about working in New York City. I mean, like, talk about a job. The biggest job probably being, like, how do you teach meditation in New York City? But um, so talk a little bit about your life and kind of what that looks like. 
Yeah, so New York City with all of its incredible energy and fast pace moving, I remember speaking to one of my、um, teachers and I was like, How am I going to find myself or my spirituality in all of this noise? And he almost looked at me and he goes, where, where else better to find it within the noise? And for me, I've been humbled because I started off my career in New York working in PR and、mm-hmm. fashion, and I was very lost in a lot of,、um, I guess you can say,、uh, materialism that if it's not well balanced, it doesn't serve you. And I love that you're using this type of, of wording because it, it really resonates with me. And I, I think that、um, for a long time, I didn't know that I, I could have. These outlets of wellness.、Mm-hmm. And、um, I had these, these normal jobs. You know, I work at, at an architecture firm and I、mm-hmm. handle operations、mm-hmm. and I do invoicing or scopes of work and deal with clients. And for me, it's quite interesting because I'm, I'm still a normal person and I still have my bad days.、Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't even consider them bad, but I consider them moments of learning where somebody else could be disappointed that I'm not at this high resonance that I, you know, Pretty much, I'm all the time. but、right. And so, I've had these really interesting moments where I feel like I've been able to bring my mindfulness to moments where before I would have really sabotaged something or written an inappropriate email、yes. and just really catching myself, giving some space, and then acting thereafter.、Mm-hmm. And I, I had one of the biggest lessons I've had. It was quite recently, a few weeks ago, where、um, the man that I work for. He mentioned a comment like, Well, I thought you were a yogi and you were supposed to, supposed to, supposed to. <laughs> and I looked at him and I automatically almost felt like this dagger was coming to my heart, like of, of, you know, of disappointment and something was shattered. And I realized, as the Buddhists teach you, there's nothing to protect. You know,、mm-hmm. We're not the one.、Right. And so it was this moment where I saw the dagger. The dagger didn't even hit me because there's nothing to hit.、Mm-hmm. And I just saw him and, and I had so much compassion for myself、mm-hmm. because I was like, You know, I am, and I'm working on myself、mm-hmm. to be more open.、Mm-hmm. And、um, whereas before I would have been angry at him and judged him, I felt like I had more compassion for him because、yes. I know that it's not even his own fault that he believes what he believes or acts what、right. he acts. Right. And, you know, sometimes maybe it comes forward as a question. You know, I thought you were supposed to be a yogi, but from an outsider's perspective, he wants to know. More about you. That's his access point to get more information about how you're living in a more connected space. And, and that never means that we won't experience the range of human emotions because we're more connected. But hopefully, actually, we'll feel them more fully and、uh, we will be able to work in creating more of that joy centered space. So,、um, so what, are you, what are you doing outside of your normal job? You are teaching meditation in New York? Yeah, so I trained a special type of yoga called Kundalini that、mm-hmm. was brought to the West by a master,、um, Yogi Bhajan. It's a yoga that's brought from the north of India. And it's really interesting because there's a mystic named Patanjali where a lot of the roots of、um, the different styles of yoga come from.、Mm-hmm. And, um, Patanjali Joyce? No.、Um, no Yeah, it's a different.、Okay. Um, and so he, Patanjali leaves this eightfold path in which、um, he says, in order to attain enlightenment, and、uh, one of them is asana, which is vinyasa and movement, and、uh-huh. another one is breath work, another one is meditation, and, and then there's more complex systems of meditation within that that are the other paths. And、uh, Kundalini 
incorporates many aspects whereas you know you go to a vinyasa class and sometimes you just work the physical body mm -hmm. instead of working and so for me my practice um with kundalini meditation is how can i expand my mind to be able to deal to um, show up to life you know i tell people it's more than okay to get stressed it actually might save your life mm -hmm. but it's not okay to stay stressed and so meditation when you're sitting there and trying to uh, be aware you're not trying to silence the mind mm -hmm. you're trying to um, be present so that if the mind needs to de-stress with its thinking and you're being distracted you just return it to either the mantra you're using or to um, the breath work and so in my special in my work I, I have the special opportunity to work with people and meet them where they are so in my private sessions mm -hmm. whether it's let's set you up with a five minute routine or let's set you up with 20 minutes and meet you where you are um, I had a client once that had an overly developed sex drive. We can work on that. Or mm -hmm. I had a client that was dealing with um, a lack of creativity. Mm -hmm. And so you could, quite, you could quite systematically diagnose and work on things specifically. And then moreover, I teach around the city. I get some cool opportunities. I'm collaborating now with Soho House, um, this oh hotel chain. Oh my gosh, I love Soho House. Yeah, they have this new um, location in the Lower East Side called Ludlow. So wow. I'll be teaching some yoga there. Very cool. And then um, I teach around different studios in the city. And mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of traveling um, with my workshops, where she and I have gotten the great opportunity to do that, which I look to expand. Yes. What inspired you to do a workshop setting for your practice? Um, Rashi and I were you know, speaking about how we could come up with ways to connect to the community. I feel like so much of what I do is research for myself and mm. I'm such a firm believer that when you love yourself you can offer space for people to love themselves and this is the highest grace I think so much in our society we're taught to love each other meaning I need something from you or I need for you to be somebody else mm -hmm. and then there's confusion there's all these wires crossed and I'm like cut the middleman out come back home and really work on this and so my mother prompted, um, I'm originally from Miami, mm -hmm. and my mother, um, she called me one day, she goes, you know, I have a group of like seven friends that, you know, if you come to town, they'd love to do a session. And then it grew to 20 people. And then Rashia came wow. along, and then so, uh, our t a typical workshop that Rashia and I kind of work on is we do like an hour of yoga and meditation, mm -hmm. and then we get into some kind of crystal work where um, she talks a little bit about their energetic properties, we put them on the body, and then there's a bit of sound healing, which has been developing so naturally. Yes, because, um, well, I've done a few Kundalini classes before. The workshop was very different in, in a sense that it felt like you were connecting to the energy of the room and guiding from there. So instead of it being sort of this rigid, because sometimes Kundalini has sort of a, a rigidness in, in its community um, or, you know, a little bit of um, some people have some hesitation in trying it because they feel that it's, you know, rule-based or, or something like that. It could feel religious. Yes, it can feel religious. And so the way that you brought it into the space was so open and so connected to the energetic qualities of the room that um, it was just able to, to lift everyone. And so I think that's so cool. And I also want to know, because I'm, sh I'm sure that you probably use that same tactic when you're trying to shift something that one of your clients is experiencing. So how do you connect with sort of that intention 
And how does that come through the meditations that you're leading in the yoga? I think for me, it starts um, at home in developing my intuition. As a child, I was highly intuitive and I felt like the world kept telling me like, no. And then I realized that I felt so depleted that I was drawn to things like Kundalini. And so, um, you know, Rishi and I have started this really beautiful um, community that's called Q-U-E. Mm-hmm. I mean, excuse me, C-U-E-Q. C-U-Q. And so it's, it, it stands for cultivate, unveil, expand. And so we cultivate through practice and it unveils things in our lives. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately it's for our larger expansion to understand that we are everything, our mm-hmm. good, our bad, and how can we continue to expand. And so when I'm working with people, my ego is just as powerful as anyone else's. And if anything, meditation can make your ego very powerful. And so for me, it's very important to study morality and to study ethics and to study compassion because this grounds my um, grounds my intuition. And I think sometimes this is what's missing. I've, I've been studying a lot of Tibetan Buddhism. It's actually a huge base of what I, I teach mm-hmm. as well. And one of the things that the Dalai Lama kind of teaches is that the Buddhists will instruct you in morality and ethics and compassion before meditation simply because the meditation will give you incredible amounts of power. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be able to get into a space where you can understand when your mind is not working for you. And so um, the other day I was on Skype with a client and my ego just wanted to tell her a couple things, you know, not in a negative way at all. It was just kind of like observations and there was something within me that that just had an intuition to be like, no, this is developing, mm-hmm. and it was just so perfect. And I remember, I I have I have these clear rules in my mind that I never give advice unless it's asked, mm-hmm. and um, and this and these types of things have taken me a long time to cultivate, mm-hmm. and it's just really brilliant to understand now that I have the intuition. I'm fostering the courage to keep acting on it. Yes. And then I don't know what the next step is, but it'll unfold. That's yeah. really interesting because I completely resonate with what you're saying. Because the more information, because intuition is information. It's it's subtle, but it's it's very um, it's very clear information. And so as you are practicing energy work and meditation and things like that, you will be given clues about other people. And so the ego mind, of course, would love to say, you know, I see that you're dealing with this. I can feel something in your liver. I know that, um, you know, the situation at home is really weighing you down. And so there is a, a delicate balance between affirming that you have an understanding of the energetic condition, but that you're not just saying that so that they know that you're right. Or that you have that connection you're saying it because you want to provide a healing and you want to provide transformation for that person is that kind of how you feel 100 percent. and i when i work with people i tell them a couple things from the start i tell them this is not about me this is about you i'm a mirror i'm not teaching you anything you're relearning mm-hmm. i think one of the things that i really came across in my practice was i'm already full and I'm already whole and I'm not broken. And what mm-hmm. this means is that things outside of me are just reminding me of this truth. And so when a client is ecstatic about the work that's been happening and they're like, wow, you're amazing. This is amazing. I'm like, oh, they're saying that they're amazing. This is great. Yes. Because the ego is like, oh, yeah, and then it's getting fed. But I think at the end of the day, 
there's just such an energy of like wow like i'm taking care of me mm-hmm. and i'm holding space for people to feel comfortable to do that because mm-hmm. for a long time i thought that other people needed to take care of me yeah and that's not true maybe they do need to help me yes. maybe i do need help and i think it's 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 a nuanced thing but i never need that person to do my work yes and that's i think the boundary that i set with my clients as as um wholeheartedly and sincerely mm-hmm. that this is your work and and i would never want to take that away from you yes it's it can be given you can give an example of just like having you know a certain group of friends and there's um one friend who you know you know when that person's calling that they are calling for themselves because they want you to uh, fill a void they want you to be there in the way that you've always been there quote unquote and um that for them that experience is keeping them safe in actuality it's stopping them from looking inside and saying what do i need to provide myself so that i don't need to place that responsibility onto someone else and that is a, is a very subtle thing that kind of can creep into all of our relationships you know there are so many programs in the world that support friendships being that way partnerships being that way business partnerships being that way and that you know the the program support that sort of need-based you know you should do this if you're in a partnership you should do this if you're in a relationship with a significant other you should do this if you're a good friend you should do this as a son or a daughter and in actuality if you take care of yourself most fully that inspires so much more change and support in other people but oftentimes it doesn't look like that initially and people get very caught off guard when you start changing the way that you behave so did was there a shift for you that kind of started you um behaving this way and and did you have any like backlash from people in your life or or work environments or anything like that Yes, um, most specifically, like at home, I, I think um, sometimes when you're going through these transformations, it can be quite unsettling, obviously for yourself and not feeling grounded or feeling like things are coming fast and things are leaving fast and feeling um, that you just, you know, you know, you're not finding your way. And I think in the beginning of this transformation, especially when I when I called home and I was like, hey, I'm going to South Africa to study mm-hmm. this very weird <laughs> yoga. My mom was on board, but mm-hmm. I think my sister felt very intimidated. She was a bit scared. She didn't know what it meant. And mm-hmm. her and I, um, we weren't as close as we are right now, which, you know, I, I just feel so blessed that our relationship has matured. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, one day, I think it was out of like a naive comment, and I'm obviously paraphrasing out of memory, but she said something to the effect of like, Oh, because now your life's perfect because you do yoga mm-hmm. or because you meditate or because you you're living this lifestyle and i remember feeling the attack and then working on it with myself and just kind of like and then you know coming back to compassion as i always do but really realizing that this is so transformative and that everybody's going to have their opinions and everybody's going to have their questions mm-hmm. and i remember i had another friend that obviously when you change, interests come and go. And I think there was this one friend that I held in a lot of esteem that she was really upset at me that I left to to do my yoga. And I remember when I got back, I called her and I go, sweetheart, I'd love to invite you to lunch. Mm-hmm. And 
And the lunch was special because I wasn't trying to convince her of my yoga or trying to make her stop worrying. It was like, baby girl, I'm doing really well. Mm -hmm. And look at these funny things that have been happening to me because I've stopped eating meat or because Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, drinking alcohol or Mm -hmm. like these types of things. Whereas before, I felt like I would have gotten there. And one of the funniest things I've ever heard was we are our own worst PR. Yeah. And and when I learned this, <laughs> I realized that I get to so many places and I'm like, I need to let you know that I'm doing fine and here's my plan. <laughs> and sometimes I get to lunch now and I'm like, yo, I have no idea what's going on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and this, but I'm okay with it. And, you can, and this is where you drop it down, the mm-hmm. eye connection. And then this is the vulnerability that, you know, because if I'm building walls to let you know that I'm fine, right. I'm defeating the purpose of like, hey, All let's this connect, yeah. you know? Oh, I love that you said that. That is such a good point. I, you know, I think right when you're when you're shifting and changing, you feel because you have that reaction from so many people that, um, you know, yeah, your life's perfect now, or oh yeah, like well we can't invite you know Sheena or Alejandro to do this or that because um, they don't do things like that anymore and. Um, so you, you are kind of put on the defense sometimes. And I think that it's it's okay to separate for a period of time while you are undergoing some of these changes so that you can continue to be very introspective and, and just follow that intuitive guide that's leading you to your soul's purpose and your soul's mission, um, which, is, which is something that you can bring back to your friend group and you can bring back to your family and is, again, once you are have kind of grounded in that new state it feels like a totally different experience where you don't care you don't care to defend yourself because you've you've loved and you've come to the point of loving the part of you that is not perfect and you're okay with it yeah there's nothing to defend nothing yeah i can imagine that in new york city especially there's a lot of programming that needs to um, shift so that everyone can kind of feel this way. So what, do, what are kind of the themes of what you are bringing into your work through the meditation and the yoga? What are some things that, are, that you think are helping people um, kind of shift? I think it's really understanding that if you don't take time away from the constant download and that constant stream, whether it's social media or even TV. I grew up on TV as a child and I remember feeling so identified with that and I, after I left home at 18 I've never had a TV um, in, in terms of cable and so it, it's really interesting because I you know going back to that very prophetic day of white tantric where you know the name of my company came to me mm-hmm. I also got an insight that what's been working for me is that private practice that self practice and it's quite intimidating to people because they think like, well, what do you mean I have to wake up at four in the morning and do two hours of yoga? And I go, mm-hmm. sweetheart, nobody told you that. Yeah. And it was this thing where I like, I love to meet my clients or my friends who are curious to, to even have a, a conversation about what their routines look like. But as long as it's theirs and they made it and, and they're the ones. And of course, sometimes we need a little push because mm-hmm. we can get a bit complacent with ourselves and it's always natural. But I think... Um, it's just so beautiful to see how this naturally unfolds 
some days it feels like it's not working but you still do it and you still mm-hmm. stick with yourself there's mm-hmm. days where you're feeling well on top of the world and and that's the days that i put in the most work um the other day i had a huge leak in my ceiling and it caved in in my bed and all oh, this you know it was it was this whole thing and i remember i woke up in such a good mood mm-hmm. i moved my bed <laughs> i called my super mm-hmm. i had a client to go to and i remember like wow, if I would have been in a bad mood, this would have been different, but I feel like I'm accepting that I'm in a good mood and I'm not gonna, it's not that I even like, I'm not gonna let this ruin my day, but it was like, it couldn't ruin my day. Couldn't. Because I was just in this flow. And you know right. what? Some days I'm not. Yeah. And I meet myself where I am and mm-hmm. I try not to stick, you know, my foot a little bit deeper into that that mm-hmm. hole, I guess. But that's what's really exciting. And I remember I was at this dinner the other day that this guy was really uncomfortable that I was introduced as a yoga teacher Mm-hmm. and he kind of he was just uncomfortable and this is kind of my favorite because I would get uncomfortable too and normally and and this night I was able to just speak to him and like and meet him where he was and just try to figure out a way that I used to be where he was and if somebody would have said something in a way that was just easier and I'm not going to tell you that he came to my class or that you know he was evangelized in any way but (laughs) it was really wonderful for me to meet me where I was and where he was and to understand that everybody's exactly where they need to be Mm -hmm. and um and that's what's exciting I had three questions come up during that story one okay most people relate tantric to a sexual practice so is white tantric different than that what is white tantric so the word tantra quite literally means like a like a physical like a a, a practice mm-hmm. whether it's a breath work or um and then there's also an aspect of of it being between two people okay and so white tantric is in the tradition of kundalini yoga in which you wear all white and you have a partner and mm-hmm. you sit in rows of people and there's a it, it's all coordinated and so um the, the so it's kind of like kind of the basis the way the reason I think that Tantra seems like a sexual word mm-hmm. is because there is a sector of it that because of the union there is uh, there are sexual tantric practices okay good okay good for the delineation <laughs> oh my gosh that's all I need is to like go into a group of kundalini yogis and think that they're doing like a sexual <laughs> like practice um, the other well, the, question, the kundalini yogis only have sex once a month, supposedly. No way. No way. <laughs> supposedly, women supposedly women can have as much sex as they want, but men supposedly, and it might sound a bit crass, and I apologize, they only have a bucket. <laughs> supposedly they have a bucket of their specialness. Oh my god. And so they shouldn't be like spreading it, so they, they only get once a month. Um, and supposedly it takes, um, I think it takes seven to eight months for a woman to... Um, to lose the energy of the man she slept with and then for men I think it's just one moon cycle I think it's 28 days okay so are you connected to this kind of like you know kundalini yoga means this and these are the kind of rules and I've experimented with all of it and I've um, right now I can tell you that I'm completely I'm not a purist Mm -hmm. um, and I feel so grateful that I can meet myself where I am instead of being a bully in the beginning I was like well you need to wake up at four and you need to um i don't eat red meat i don't eat chicken mm-hmm. um and so there's just little things that i i do follow completely mm-hmm. and there's other things that i feel like um it's funny master bhajan 
he was a very stern man and he was very disciplined he's very disciplined Virgo um, he didn't put up with any BS mm -hmm. and sometimes like when I'm in my practice and I'm not keeping up he used to have this beautiful phrase that was like keep up and you'll be kept up and I sometimes you know my father was very strict so Yogi Bhajan would come into my mind and he'll be very strict but then I would laugh and be like no but he loves me mm -hmm. and he's proud that I'm doing as much about as best as I can and I'm so it, it's really wonderful to kind of have this feeling yeah I think I love that you have put your own spin on it because I think that it, it can be enjoyable yes. during the process and when you are in a connected and an honorable state that you can you can say like okay I'm not in the position to do a two-hour kundalini practice at 4 a.m. but I'm going to show up for Alejandro's meditation and yoga practice that meets me where I am. That, I feel, is almost more transformative than the pushing and the shoving and the forcing and things like that. Um, okay, the other question that came up, because you kind of alluded a little bit to another aspect of your life that has been a part of, of this journey for you, which is astrology. And so I want you to kind of um, give us some insight as to how you use astrology in your daily life and with your clients and what does it mean for you? So astrology has been such an interesting thing for me because I remember the first day I kind of started uh, It came into my life. It found me um, I just would ceaselessly be able to read it without end um, in ways that I never found other material to be so interesting I think partially because I do love destiny. I love the idea of destiny. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of are we destined or do we have free will? And I also um, love this idea that we're on this planet in this universe, you know, and, and um, these, these large masses that are spinning around us must have some gravitational pull on us. Mm -hmm. And so right now, when I do sessions, um, either the client kind of tells me what they need or if they just don't know where to start, I'll do some astrology. And it's this really beautiful way to understand personality through mythology. And I think um, they say astrology is 60% accurate. And I love that because then you can kind of play with it, especially mm -hmm. if there's like things that you don't like mm -hmm. about, let's say somebody's like, well, you're a Scorpio and you're just like to suffer. And then somebody could be like, mm -hmm. hold on, that's not true. And so... Right. Um, let's use it as a lesson and right now what I really love I'll share with you my biggest secret is following the moon mm -hmm. um, and there's this website called lunarium.co.uk mm -hmm. and this is actually my biggest secret and so oh yes I love to follow um, not only where the moon is in her sign but to also follow if she's um, in a phase of new waxing full or waning and I think um, what's really fun about this is that, for instance, right now, this past Wednesday, we started a new moon in Taurus. Mm -hmm. And so um, today the moon is in Gemini. And um, since it's still a new moon, we're still sowing intentions. This is a nice moment to be reflective, to mm -hmm. really get in touch with um, things that we want to, habits we want to implement. Um, and then the full moon comes around and it's kind of more of a, of a step back and allow for these energies to kind of move forward. So when I'm working with, um, it could seem a bit neurotic sometimes, but I do pick um, dates to work with people and I do pick dates to launch things. <laughs> and I do pick, my Rashia actually laughs because her friend was like, well, no, I have three wedding dates. She goes, why haven't you contacted Alejandro yeah. already? <laughs> um, and I'm not by any means any certified, you know, by books astrologer, but I feel like maybe from past lives I was, but I have this connection with 
timing as well. Yeah, I mean, whenever whenever you can be so immersed in information or data or an experience, like you were saying, you you read the astrology books like they were. It's it's almost like when that happens, there's a resonance with your soul that is you've already seen this information. It makes sense in a way that it actually speaks to the truth of what you believe to be the truth of the universe, which is why oftentimes when we're reading things in college that don't resonate with this human experience as we need it to be in our perception, it's so boring and it's just laborious and it's like working through cement. Whereas when something resonates with your soul, you can just give me more and more and more and more and more and it's seamless in the way that it kind of just like goes into you. And, and I love the fact that you're not certified because if you were certified, that would probably mean that you were adhering to some other set of rules. I love that you know it and love it and can work that intuitive part of it that actually gives, in my understanding, more information and more, um, more insight. Because these are, like us, these are spiritual beings in the universe. They have, they, experience changes and things like that so it's almost difficult to say that you know anyone knows for um for sure any truth where you know you can be certified or something like that it's almost that you have to have this open-ended aspect to it so that it can evolve do you kind of resonate with that you know a hundred percent in the year 2012 the axis of the earth is now pointing into the cosmos of Aquarius. We've left Pisces and Mm -hmm. the age of Aquarius is all about this incredible um, tapping into technology and and all of this vastness. And we we no longer need to be in universities to study things in such a formal way. You can really be your own self-taught master if you you put in those thousands of hours. Mm -hmm. And I feel that if you have that dedication, that curiosity, I just feel so blessed that I'm a curious person. I used to be so ashamed of it, and now it's really what I honor, and I move forward with it. And I tell people when I do give readings, um, because I love doing the work more. I love like sitting in the meditation and release. But but sometimes people do need some inspiration through a reading of sorts. And mm-hmm. what I do tell them is um, that this is my interpretation, and I feel my friend told me once that I'm a little too positive and I told her well this is how I read it Mm because I feel like there's always such a spin on things and I I've always I listen to the victim um, voice in my head sometimes and I learn from it Mm -hmm. and how I can turn that around and really live from a place of um, of courage Mm -hmm. to to stand where I stand yeah can you give an example in like something that you've seen in one of your clients or with yourself like an example of something that you've seen you've looked at it from all these perspectives and you've been able to shift that experience in your reality or in the client's reality um hundred percent there's this client that um that i have she's she's so lovely to work with and she um went through this tragedy where one of her friends um was uh was murdered mm-hmm. and um she felt she felt a lot of like guilt about it Mm -hmm. and i think um we sat down and we worked we wrote a letter to to her friend Mm -hmm. and we realized that her friend had nothing to do with how she was feeling Mm -hmm. and it was this really liberating moment where she was able to thank her friend for that situation um 
so that she could find this incredible truth and that dove made her dive into an incredible compassion for herself and mm-hmm. then she saw the event for what it was another client of mine her husband cheated on her um about like 20 years ago and we were doing this worksheet that i like to do mm-hmm. and she realized that he cheated on her once but she cheated on him for 20 years by always bringing it back to the present moment mm-hmm. and cheating each other of being able to start fresh or having a discussion because she felt so proud of these values of men are not supposed to cheat and you're my mm-hmm. husband and xyz and she was able you know it was such a profound moment for her because she realized that every time that she thought that he was a bad person she realized that she was bringing that energy to herself and she was carrying that and you know she was thanking me so profusely i was like sweetheart this was your work Mm -hmm. i thank you for showing me this depth and this is the humility that i work with people and like i'm the one who's learning about myself because Mm -hmm. like i said this wellness is infinite you can only keep getting more well you can Mm -hmm. only keep getting um more expansive within within your being Mm -hmm. oh my god those are beautiful examples wow and just a testament to the fact that anything can be transformed and you can experience joy through what some may perceive as tragedy or sadness um you were i was kind of wanting to give um our listeners a part of you and so to move forward with and just kind of to begin experiencing some of of your open openness and also um, connectedness and so what are some of the things what are some of the practices that you recommend for people who may not be able to see you even though i think that everyone should come to one of your workshops or retreats what are some things that um, you recommend people start if they're interested if this resonated with them how can they start researching it or bringing some part of it into their life I, I definitely, um, I have some authors that I love. I love an author named Mark Epstein. Mm-hmm. He, um, he brings an intellectual Western psychological take um, on Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's really incredible. That's a great start. Um, Thoughts Without a Thinker by Mark Epstein is a really fabulous book. I also love the philosopher Byron Katie. She has oh, this book, A Thousand Names for Joy, which for me has always been really special. Mm-hmm. Um, or another book um, that she has that's called Loving What Is. These are these are just kind of wonderful steps into... People always ask me what my take on spirituality is. What is spirituality? Mm-hmm. And I tell them anything that, um, that really connects you with yourself, your intuition, and anything that's a little bit... Um, that has to do with... Uh, things that are deeper than the five senses. Mm-hmm. How can we develop our senses in a different way? And intuition is very much something like this. Um, I also um, recommend this uh, doctor named My- uh, Dr. Miles Neal. Mm-hmm. You can find his um, guided meditations. He's helped me a lot. He's also another Tibetan um, Buddhist uh, psychotherapist uh, who's doing amazing work in the field. And his... Um, loving kindness and compassion meditations are i think the place to start it's um you sit in a you sit with yourself and you begin to um send you begin to recite phrases of love and compassion to yourself oh my god and you do it to neutral people and then you do it to people who are you know causing you affliction Mm -hmm. and then ultimately people you love 
And this is just such a fabulous place to start because you start feeling this calmness and this peace in your heart. Oh my gosh. Well, people ask me all the time to give book references and things like that. And I'm so glad that you just did because I read four chapters and move on. I, for some reason, I don't have that tactile experience with books and information, um, but those sound like amazing suggestions. So thank you for saying that. And then um, also, I'm sure that you're going to start doing some things recorded and things like that because you just have such a talent for, for leading. Um, but if people wanted to experience you personally, you do do sessions over Skype. Yes. Right? Okay. So that's an option. Um, when we had Rashia on the podcast, we were saying that, you know, should this information connect with our listeners in any way, for them to definitely reach out to you guys, ask questions, make that connection, um, let you know them know where you're from, and and let's keep the movement and the momentum going of bringing um, like-minded community light workers to our areas to bring more light and information and love, essentially. So I'm going to put your contact information in the show notes for sure, and then. Um, you are co-hosting this retreat with Rashia as well. So, and this is happening at the end of May. Yes. In Colombia. Yes. Wow. So it's going to be a one-week retreat. It's going to be from May twenty-eighth through June third, in Santa Marta, Colombia. Um, How did you guys pick Colombia? Rashia was called to Colombia through a friend, and then this this uh, incredible place called uh, Tairona. Um, these pristine beaches. There's this. Uh, group of natives that believe that that's where the world began in their tradition and and there's just all this like really mystical mm-hmm. interesting um and ju- and to that point it, it, i definitely um one of the things i offer is um a complimentary 15 minute call with people even before we begin numbers Yay. or we begin anything okay. so if anybody's interested um with to find my information there in the notes and to shoot me an email we can figure out a time to connect and um and to extend to your listeners, um, we'll definitely um, give a, a special rate for the retreat if they're definitely interested. Oh, that would gift, be so wonderful. As a gift to them. Oh, thank you so much, Alejandro. I love you so much. I'm so <laughs> grateful you. that you're here and that I got to experience You the remind workshop. me of my own abundance and you remind oh. me of the things that I will get to do one day. Oh my gosh, that means so much to me. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And for anyone listening who wishes to connect to Alejandro, we're going to put his contact information, website, and um, Instagram handle in the show notes so that people can reach you. And you guys, we, we talk about these topics on the Raw Talk with Sheena Facebook group. A lot of people um, list questions and things like that. So if you are interested in joining, it's a closed group so that anything that's private can remain that way. And But it's a really great safe space to talk about some of these topics and to ask questions. So I hope to see you there. And I hope everyone has an amazing week. Thank you so much Thank you. for joining me. Bye, you guys.